Welcome to Ford Ram and Goal. We got a backup quarterback in for the Texans, and we got a backup dude on the podcast tonight who's ready to drink, grab a glass, put the game on mute, and take a listen. Let's do this. Yeah, that was like a jab at you, but it was like a funny jab. Welcome to Fort Ram and Goal. We're going to drink some whiskey. We're going to watch some sports. We're going to shoot the shit. We're going to try to make you smarter and dumber at the same time. We've got some good stuff in our glasses. We've got a great game on right now. My H-Town hold it down, screwed up from the dirty South. Houston Texans right now are playing the Carolina Panthers, and we actually got a ball game. I want to introduce you to my good buddies and co-hosts. I got my boy, Dick. What's up, Dreamers? And we got a... Old friend who's been out for a while, but now he is. He's here. He's new to the crew. Cousin Eddie. What's going on, fellas? What's up, man? Good to have you here. Good to have you. Oh, dude. Thanks for having me, brother. It's been a while. I know, man. Trying to get caught up. So, Dick, give me that whole alphabetical list, which is our socials that you hit us up on. And then after that, Cousin Eddie, let us know how being new to the crew has been going and the cool things you've been doing on Instagram for me, will you, pal? All right. I'll lead us in. Um, so we've got all of our social media platforms out there. We've got our website, fortramagoal.com. We've got our Instagram and Twitter. It's 4THDRAM, Fortram. Facebook, of course, Fortram and Goal. And then, of course, you can always listen to us on all of your podcast streaming services, Apple, Google, Audible, CastBox, Spotify. And if, if you want to just give us some feedback, we're always looking for new followers, feedback, friends of the show to join us, talk to us, talk a little shit, drink a little whiskey watch some sports, you can always send us an email at fourthdramandgoal at gmail.com. That's 4-T-H-D-R-A-M-A-N-D-G-O-A-L at gmail.com. And like Kurt said, we've got Cousin Eddie here who has recently become our social media manager. That's an official title. Comes with a big whopping salary of you get a cool dram with a fourth dram and goal on it. So look forward to that. How's it going, man? How do you like being on the team? Tell us what's going on. Dude, that's what I like to hear, man. I, I haven't seen that salary yet, though, so <laughs> we'll see. Uh, it was hey, the free you, hat you got. I, I, I know, I know. Oh, yeah. oh, I take uh, that back. You had to pay for the hat. My bad. <laughs> yes, pay for uh, that. Really? But he gets, really? he gets he gets, the uh, Glenn Karen for free. Ooh, I like nice. that. Okay, sweet. Yeah, man, so it's been good. Uh, so it's starting off a little slow, um, getting some posts up. Uh, main reason, trying to kind of see what's what is hitting uh, when we post stuff. Um, over the past two, three weeks, we've only had a few posts up. Um, but this last post that we've got was a big hit. Um, so I'm trying to kind of see what's, what is, uh, what everyone's kind of jumping on a little bit. And, you go to the uh, Grand Canyon for that there, picture. Yeah. It was you know so it. elegant. Dude, it's all about the angles. I'll tell Pretty you. Pretty sure that I mean, was a Southwestern so cactus on it. It's, it's a bullet. <laughs> But no, overall, it's been good. Um, we're meeting some new people. Uh, I know Dick recently went to a, another distillery, um, and so he was able to make some connections and network a little bit. And so um, overall, social media has been good. Um, like I said, it started out a little slow. We're starting to pick up a little bit, and over the next couple of weeks, you're going to see a little bit more content from us um, and, and expanding just a little bit outside of the whiskey. Um, you're going to see a little bit more... Uh, just casual drinking um, mixed in with some more sports. Um, well, I do plenty of that. Isn't casual drinking a sport? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. yeah that's actually that's, a pretty good. That's that's something, that's good right there. Make a post on that. 
Well, thank you for that update, cousin Eddie. We're glad to have you. And uh, yeah, turns out when you have families and shit, you gotta have some extra help sometimes, and you're the man for the job. Um, so before we get into what's in our glass tonight and all that good stuff, anything, any big news lately, guys? Anything uh, shoot the shit worthwhile? Dude, I picked up a bottle of fucking Sinatra today. That is very worthwhile. I mean, I think my pants flew to the moon. <laughs> Get it? No, that was that was sweet. <laughs> that that's a cool little package though, isn't it? Doesn't it come with the box and then it comes with a little book and all that for that high price? It comes with the box and a little book. Um, little book talks a little bit about Sinatra and his love for. Uh, Jack Daniels in general. Um, I haven't actually gone through all of it, but just thumbed through it. Pretty cool, man. Uh, the bottle itself is very hefty. The cork is like, if it's not metal cased, it's like really, really like dense, dense plastic, like actual top itself. And it has a little, uh, it's a yellow top and it's got a hat on it. Like once you pull the foil off of it, it's yellow and it's got a little hat on it. It's pretty cool. Like a Sinatra hat. Um. No, dude. So you know, like Norm McDonald died this week. Dude, that was that was rough. Sad day. So yeah, and I'm not gonna pretend like I'm a I was a huge Norm McDonald fan before. You were not a Turd Ferguson fan? Come on. So I'm gonna say that that's his act from what? From SNL back in like the 80s. Okay. See, okay. I knew he did the news thing on SNL, but let me fucking finish. I was going to say, I'm just busting your balls. Um, I've been watching a lot of his stand-up and his little, like, interviews on Conan and stuff since he passed. Dude was hilarious. Like, if you haven't seen his moth joke, which is going around that he did on Conan, like, look it up, like, now. It's so awkward. Cracking up. And that's what made him so funny. Like, so then I do that thing where, you know, I've listened to Norm MacDonald all week. I catch myself talking like that to my wife and at work now. Do y'all, does that make sense? And I think you've called me out on doing that before. All right. Good to know. Uh, yeah. Texans down seven to six. David Mills has done meh. That's what I'll say. He's done meh. Um, I mean, they would be winning if the kicker would hit that damn 47 yard field goal. The fact that they're in a, it just pisses me off so bad because it's seven to six. They could have beat the Browns. So, like, what are you doing this year? Are you trying to get a new quarterback next year in the draft? Are you going to try to go 7-10 and 10 this year? Like, like what are you doing? Because I'm going to get pissed off if that's the case. Like, yeah, fight the good fight. Great. Terrific. And I hope they do. But, damn it. I don't think they know what they're doing. Well, offensively, they look like they know what they're doing recently. David Coley didn't look like he knew what he was doing when he declined a penalty on third down last week and just said, that we'll kick it. But, you know, I'll give him time. Um, But, yeah, that's good stuff. Let's get to the stuff in the glass. Dick, would you like to go first, my friend? I'll go first, yeah. Uh, So I am drinking a Lagavulin 11. And so this is an Islay single malt scotch. Um, this is actually the Offerman edition. Um, this is commonly found out there. There's a there's an eight. There's the sixteen, which is like the top end, right? That's that's what do you think Lagavulin? Do you think Lagavulin sixteen? The eleven though is a really interesting blend because Nick Offerman himself, which if you know his Parks and Rec uh, 
if you know his Parks and Rec character of Ron Swanson, only drank Lagavulin. That's the only thing he drank, right? So as a result of that character, he's actually been able to work with the distillery and self-blend, self-select a specific whiskey for Nick Offerman. The funny thing about this one, though, is this is actually finished in Guinness casks. So that's not normal. Like that is not your typical Lagavulin 11 Nick Offerman edition. It's like even specialer on top of that. So comes in at 92 proof, uh, $81. And I think when you think about Lagavulin in general, 81 bucks is actually a pretty good steal. You're usually not paying less than 110 for the 16. Interesting stuff, Dick. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I'm glad you partaked in the going to the Isles of Scotland with me after we said we would. We actually stuck to a plan and executed. We uh, did I've got Greenstone Sherry Finish. Okay. And from my reading, I believe this is a Total Wine product that you can't get anywhere else, maybe, because I got it at Total Wine, and I may have read that somewhere. So if you have a Total Wine, uh, it's a Highland Single Malt. The year is unknown. The guy who recommended it to me is uh, one as a guy who's only steered me wrong once. Hashtag sweetheart of the rodeo. Um, Hashtag Lee. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. That was legit. And for 28 bucks, remember, I'm trying to stick to scotches that you, me, Joe, Tom, Bobby, Becky, Rebecca, Timothy, anybody. That was my point. Isn't Becky just Rebecca when she gets drunk? No, it's Becky with the good hair. Um, oh. Anyway, they walk into the store. They uh, can find it, grab it, and this is 28 bucks. We've talked about this. It's going to be 80 proof. It is what it is. It's uh, William Grant and Sons from Sherry, England. Don't even know if I'm saying that right, but they also do Glen Fittage and the Balvany stuff. Uh, I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, but yeah. It's Surrey, England. Yeah, so this is a Surrey cast. Sherry cask no, no, finish. It's, it's Sherry cask, but it's made in Surrey. Yeah, I know. I was kidding, Mr. Professor. Thank you. Uh, yep. Yeah. So double maturation. Uh, yeah. Highland single malt scotch. You know, I always look at like, even with the bourbon manufacturers, right? Just typical whiskey manufacturers, you know, if they're making like good stuff like Glenfiddich and Balvenie, it's it's core of its malt, right? The, the baseline of that whiskey is probably pretty good. It's just where did they cut it in the run, right? We hear some things about some of the cheaper whiskeys and the plastic bottles being, you know, the head and the tails of the runs. I'm curious where this specific whiskey from a taste profile kind of lands within that. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Thank you for that. Miles and miles of heart. That's what you bring, want, the heart of the whiskey run. Bring, bring up something that I can't fucking answer so thanks for that um i, I don't think any of us could really answer without going to distill it good uh hypothesis. what are your thoughts uh cousin eddie were you uh, tweaking your so, interest yeah a little bit man uh i was actually getting ready to tell you what i was drinking though so yeah do that don't give a shit what dick says uh he just yeah, totally decided to go off script on you there but go for it fuck off dick <laughs> yeah so uh originally i was drinking some weller the special reserve uh as, as usual, right? It's a go-to. That's what you were drinking um, last time. It was, exactly. Yeah, I drank the whole damn bottle. Uh, but actually right now, so I'm drinking uh, some of the Jack Daniels 
single barrel uh a go-to from you dick uh got me on that one uh a little backstory though right just because i'm gonna hit you with a little bit of knowledge real quick um even though it's not labeled bourbon right most tennessee whiskeys actually meet that criteria uh to be called bourbon uh and so basically what happens right after just the distillation uh jack daniels the tennessee whiskey basically undergoes what they call the lincoln county process right so what happens here is it drips for six days in these 10 foot vats passes through charcoal and it's made from which is basically made from like the burning wood uh that's been in i'm gonna say infused right with the 140 proof jack daniels whiskey right before that though they're gonna put that in the new their new charred oak barrels and they age those for roughly like four to seven years so that's a little bit little backstory for you appreciate that cousin Eddie. i got uh, you i got you yeah all right so to our listeners if you didn't uh, listen to episode 31 like apparently uh cousin eddie didn't right before we hired him uh yeah you'll get to hear that all over again but thank you Fuck for off. That, cousin, cousin <laughs> eddie, thank you so much Appreciate actually that. i will yeah, say uh, i will say we did not reference like the lincoln process and the names you lincoln had count it's lincoln county process we didn't talk about the six days we didn't get into all that i think i Got said you. about 10 days you said about yeah i just gotta say the fact that cousin eddie's coming in as a whiskey newbie he's coming in hot Kurt got me into it, and yet Cousin Eddie still knows more than Kurt does about whiskey. Oh, you shut your ginger mouth there, damn it. All right. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I, li- I like the uh, I like the single barrel. Uh, it gives me a little bit of uh, – so I'm not a big banana guy, right, at all. Um, banana runs. Do what? It's banana runs. Dude, I, I can't stand it. It's a fake banana, right? Um, to the nose, though – this I, you get almost like a combination of some maple like maple sugar and some banana right and it's almost like a mix with some burnt wood in there um i, I want to save it. that for I the love nose. It. yes oh well um right. to the taste though it's more sweet caramel caramel however you fucking pronounce it so i will say this i had a proud dad moment tonight specifically tonight my uh, my kids asked me dad what are you doing tonight and I was like, oh, you know, uh, Kurt and I are going to be re- recording and uh, your cousin Eddie's going to be joining us, too. And they're like, oh, OK, cool, cool. And my da- my son looks at me, and goes, Daddy, what's your favorite liquor? And I said, whiskey. And he's like, what's your favorite whiskey? And I sat there and I, I pondered. And I said, you know, that's a really hard question to answer. And my kids thought that was hilarious for some reason. But I thought about it. And I said, honestly, Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof is my favorite fucking whiskey. <laughs> Speaking of proud daddy moments, I just had one. I think we've become a Jack family over here. It's so weird. <laughs> the goal of the podcast is to be an everyday man's drinker. And well, shit, man, this guy's just feeling good. Uh, that's a that's an accomplishment right there. I bought Sinatra today. Jack Daniel Barrel Proof Single Barrel is my favorite. We're talking about it. Agreed. Agreed. All right, so we got some Jack. We've got some Sculptures, which we will talk about in a little bit. Uh, let's get into that second dram and talk a little bit about college football and how week three went. All right, week three of college football got all wrapped up. We're already getting ready to go into the next week, but we're going to talk about some of the big games from last week, uh, our thoughts on them. And we're going to talk about the USC coaching search, and we're going to talk about some big games this week because we got plenty of them. The first one, Florida over Alabama. It was close. It was exciting. Freshman pulled through at the end. What are y'all's thoughts on it? Uh, and do you think, I know Dick's going to be all over this, they look vulnerable. 
do you think Alabama looks vulnerable against anybody else against A&M, apparently? Uh, and do you think Florida, I mean, if they have the backup freshman in, I think it's a different game. Maybe. What are your thoughts, Dick and Cousin Eddie? They did look vulnerable, and I do agree with you. But Florida played a, played a close game in spite of a really, really bad quarterback play. I mean, I it was it was pretty bad. Like if they would have had it was that bad. If they would have had Trask with that team, oh then much better. Gosh. Then been much better. Oh, you mean if they had the veteran senior who's now on the pro? Did he go senior? Or did he leave junior? No, junior and left. Yeah. Okay, so if they had the veteran junior who went pro, yeah, if they had that guy, wait, wait, wait. I think he. I don't think he did that bad. I think they would have won. And we were texting about this. I was saying. Freshman could probably do better, but you were just like shitting on him. You were like, this guy is not good. He's not a Florida quarterback. Oh, no, he's a Florida quarterback. I didn't say, but he's not good. No, you didn't. You said he was, what school did you say? You said he was like a, I don't even remember. Florida State? Not, well, not right now, yeah. Uh, the dude was, I didn't even know this. He had decided on Ohio State, then switched to Florida. That's a pretty yeah. good decision to make, but I, I don't think he played bad. He had that one bad interception when a game when a game like that was a big deal, but I think he did all right. I mean, he's no worse than Ohio State's quarterback, so. Yeah, well, I think uh, Alabama is still Alabama, and the scary thing is that freshman's going to get better. And, yeah, I, I don't know. SEC every week could be tough. I think they lose against my boys. I think your boys lose against my underdogs of the year. The lane train over there with the sharks and that baby blue. Oh, yeah. The powder blue does look aggressive. What about you, Eddie? Did you pick up any of that? Yeah, so uh, my my one little takeaway on this one, Florida fans showed out. Um, I mean, this is the biggest paid attendance for Florida since 2015 when uh when they played florida state and so for alabama to come out i mean you know if you go down the alabama roster most of those players on that roster have not been in front of a hostile environment like that before right so for them to go out and be in front of the florida fans be in an environment like that and then be able to put up the points that they ended up putting up right yeah i mean 31 29 but i mean i think it was a great game that it was. It was a very exciting game. Yeah. Uh, so is Bama still Bama? Bama is still Bama. I did like the point that the Kurt made because when you think about that team that is Bama, and actually any teams, they played in front of like limited capacity crowds in most situations right last year. So to go into the swamp is probably the swamp, the, the most full of the swamp's been at least in two years, right? I mean, they're they're spreading COVID particles everywhere. They were loud. And I don't know, it was it was pretty cool to see again though, given that. There we go with the fearmonger dick. Uh, did y'all catch the flip off to the camera? We got we had another nationally televised flipping of the bird. Did y'all see that's, that? That's a Florida thing to do. That's always a Florida thing. No, I didn't that's catch it. You sent me so the screenshot. And I instantly turn into a 10-year-old because I pause my TV, take a picture, and I send out text. It's so awesome. Uh, that's not as good as the – I think it was the Michigan double bird. That was, that was a classic. Yeah. But, uh, Oklahoma barely beats Nebraska. I thought that would have been a huge – win for nebraska one of those like all right let's hit the brakes we started over we're fresh frost has some time oklahoma still looks a little shaky uh 
But that's a tough one because you don't know if it's Nebraska going in the right direction or Oklahoma going in the wrong direction. After and the two-lane game, I think we know which direction Oklahoma's going in. But they, I feel like they do that every year. Like, they do that. That's not a good sign. And then they wreck ship in the Big 12. Big 12. So let's 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 put a big That's asterisk next to that. And then they just who are they really throw beating? up all over the college football playoffs. Um, there you go. There you just you tie, sign, seal, delivered my point to me. Thank you. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, I, I did love – I love the Penn State game, though. The Penn State-Auburn game was great. You got, you know, a fourth down. We that's really the third down. We all wore our no. white shirts, and now we're seven and six in those games. That's not where I was going with it, but I will say for all the effort they put into doing a whiteout when it's a night game, you really can't see the whiteout because their lighting fucking sucks in that stadium. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How many years were you an electrician? I mean, I don't have to be an electrician. Hold on, answer that question when I give a shit. Anyway, Cousin Kenny. Cousin Kenny, God dang it, Scott's no. is good tonight. Kid Cuddy. Oh, d- <laughs> What's up? Let him uh, reintroduce you. Did you get to uh did you do it again? Do it again, do it again. Dude, that was great rifting. You should have just gone with it. I'm, hey, I'm gonna tell you right now, I didn't cat I didn't watch any of that. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks, didn't get Kid Cuddy. So. Uh <laughs> Perfect, I, didn't, I didn't see any of that good shit. Once dude. again, glad we hired you. Glad to be part of the yeah, team. You know yeah. what? You just worry F- about the you, man. <laughs> he's got a pretty pictures. face and a good – he's good at angles, okay? That's why we There we go. Yeah, I mean, I got I a nice looking so. butt too, man, so it's not just the face. Mm, ass face. Got it. Uh, oh, bitch. You, no, USC, <laughs> USC coaching search is getting interesting. Uh, we had Eric Benemy, who they were like, oh, he's a front runner, and then he came out and said – like, oh, their AD fired me in Colorado. I have no idea what they're talking about. Who's saying that Benemy's a front runner without knowing that? Like, what? I think I think Schefter released that. Somebody released it, and then it makes you the, question who their sources are. Well, Schefter's pretty damn reliable. No, he usually is. That's what I'm saying. But to Benemy's point, like, why why would he hire me if he fired me? It makes no fucking sense. Well, you know what's hot is what's hot right now. That's the big thing. But it is interesting how he's like, oh, oh but then again. I don't know, man. Benemy can't land one of these NFL jobs, and I'm wondering if he just goes into his interviews and he's like, uh, I play college football. I don't know what's going on, but anyway, I, I would trust his football mind over many others. The other exciting possible candidate, which I can't Not gonna happen. fathom this happening. Prime time, baby. Dion. Yeah, we, we know who that is. Um, I, I, I knew, but yeah. I just wanted to say prime time. Could you imagine? You can imagine what him being an okay coach so far at Jackson State and then jumping all the way to USC because he's prime time? It's a valid question. I mean, if you're if you're a USC, you've already taken too many gambles. I don't think it's it sucks. He really, really sucks. Um James Franklin's what he's going to be. James Franklin was the third candidate that I was going to talk about. But oh, it's so sad because is Penn State a program you leave right now to go to USC? Yes. That easy? That easy? It's that easy. Other than Oregon right now, like the Pac-12 is ripe for the picking. They're just looking for someone to come in and harvest it, right? Penn State's always going to be little brother to Ohio State. It's going to happen. God, dude, you're SEC. You, what's his name? You're now Paul Phillips. What's the what's his name? Paul Feinbaum. 
Yes, that's you. You welcome. Dude, congratulations. If I bomb, thank you. Your hair is is gone. It's slowly going backwards. The glasses are coming out. Like your whole like oh, <laughs> Big Ten, <laughs> Pac twelve. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying SEC. The Pac- Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pac twelve is right for the picking. There is no front runner other than Oregon, who's finally showing up after years of being mediocre. That's not true at all. Weren't they, just, true? weren't they just like in a role or when's, something? When's the last time they were in a college football playoff and won a game? Oh, here we go. They just played Ohio State in the national championship not too long ago. No, that was a that was not the national championship. When they got it was run a over by playoff. Zeke, it was a playoff. Oh, that was the next one, right? Ooh. Oh, sorry. Well, that was the playoffs. Playoffs. It was. Yeah. So you just playoffs? You Are just, we talking about playoffs? You just contradict yourself. They haven't no, been in college said, football playoffs. We, no, that's not what I said. When's the last yes, time you were in college football playoffs yes, and did. won a game? Let like, oh, go back sorry. to the record. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Gotta say bye to cousin Eddie as he takes off and gets back to his other jobs. But glad he joined us. Glad he came in. Uh, but on that. If we if we want to make a prediction, who's it going to end up being? Who do you think it will be? I think it's going to be James Franklin. I think it's a logical choice. I think USC is looking for some stability. He brings stability to your program. He, they can pay him more money. He's going to have the whole L.A. scene behind him um, and at least get two years of fanfare trying to rebuild a program. I just don't see that there's another – option out there which is tried true tried true and tested and that is going to leave where they are i could be wrong though but i mean that's that's the one for me what about you uh i don't know usc's it's always like i said last week it's going to be that guy who coached in the pros and then he's not anymore but i think the season goes by i think stocks will rise stocks will drop i'm Matt Campbell can have a pretty decent year. He'll be a hot name again, and I could see that jump Iowa State to USC being an easy decision. Like that's a yeah, let's that. do it. Uh, I, I just don't know if Franklin's gonna leave Penn State for USC right now. I think he's the name that gets tossed in because he's the program rebuilder going from Vanderbilt to Penn State. But yeah, I'll, I'll throw a wild card in there. I'll say you know Matt Campbell from uh, Iowa State is going to be the next head coach at USC. How about that? I like that pick. I'm going to ask you one more question on this, though. Why is it not Urban Meyer? Because, damn it, I'm I'm building a program over here. At, wait, not a program, but hold on. Shit. Oh, this isn't the SEC. Damn it. No, the Jaguars. I'm doing that. I don't know. That guy's committed. He hasn't even made it to week three, and people are – but it, I don't understand because the team with the rookie quarterback – always sucks so the dude hasn't even got to week three and the rumors are usc call him now uh urban meyer is going to be one and done i just no i don't see that happening uh i think he has to stick it out for another year it's not going to be urban meyer and i don't know if you were being serious or not oh no i'm being serious i think there's there's a that whole coaching jump i mean saving did kind of the same thing but well, Saban was in Miami for a couple years. He was, you're right, two years. Um, but, but a lot yeah. of a lot of college coaches like go back, like, wait, I can have a really really nice budget, a pretty stable program, an influx of recruits. I get to go pick who come here. But Miami's already done that. He left he, and then did that when he to come back to Ohio. He State. did it twice, three times. Mm, no, mm-hmm. 
went Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, left, and then came back to Ohio State. Yeah. And then, yes, he did leave, but he came back to the pros. Well, no, I was I was talking about leaving Utah. I'm, I'm just saying that like, he's jumped up. Oh, okay. He hasn't had the, he's only had one mental breakdown. Oh, jeez. College paper written on that. Thank you very much. Got an A on it. Stresses of coaching in college. Stress of coaching, period. Yeah, so we'll see what USC decides to do. I think it's still an interesting job. I still definitely think it's a hot name, and we'll see who takes it. Uh, big games coming up this next week. We've got Notre Dame versus Wisconsin, A&M versus Arkansas. Those are the two big ones on the agenda. I've got a little side one that, of course, I'm going to be watching and cooking for. But let's start with Notre Dame versus Wisconsin. Is it a game where it's two teams that are not going to matter by the end of the season, or are they contenders? Are you being serious? Partially. Okay, because the answer is no, they're not going to be contenders. Will I watch it? Yeah. Could have been a contender. I'll watch it just to make sure that Notre Dame loses, but that's why. Hate, 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 hate. Yeah, uh, yeah I think – I think Wisconsin's that team that's going to maybe get to the Rose Bowl and people will kind of care. Uh, Notre Dame, I just I can't see them go undefeated anymore and just crap in the playoffs. I just I just can't I can't do that okay. anymore. I don't want to have to pick another religion. I just don't want to. Uh, Football's a religion, right? That is true. I pray football. You want to shoot a prediction on that one real quick? Uh, I don't even know what the over-under on is on this one, do you? The spread is Notre Dame plus six and a half. The over-under is 45. So I'll take the spread, then I'll take the over. All right, Notre Dame. I'm going to – I'm just going to go Notre Dame because fucking Notre Dame and I don't want to have to confess at church this weekend. I don't even know where the hell they're playing. That shows you how hell of a research we did. It's at Soldier Field. Okay. So I'm going to go Notre Dame. Chicago's going to show out and root for the boys in the Golden Helmets. We've got your game that I'm sure you'll be watching. What's on the menu? What's on the menu? Man, I'm going to be trying. I'm going to be driving back from uh, going to Garrison Brothers the night before. So I'll probably be hung over shit. I don't know what's going to be happening. Um, so my goal is to just make it back by kickoff. That is commitment, my friend. I was going to say, are you having a big shebang? You know, have some friends over and do all that. But what what kickoff? What time's kickoff for that one? Two thirty. I should be okay. 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 Yeah. That's not bad. So, what does that drive for you? Forty five. An hour, an hour and a half, depending on how bad okay. traffic is. Yeah, okay. not bad. But okay. we're going to get there. I think the gates open at like eight or something like that. We can buy one bottle, cowboy bourbon, two twenty, and then I think we want to stick around for a couple drinks after, and then uh, head back. But yeah, I'm going to sleep in my truck in line waiting to buy a bottle there's no way i convince you to grab balmore instead they don't have balmore oh they won't even they won't have it no it's just a cow it's just a cowboy bourbon release oh okay well now if they have it there i'll buy another bottle i'll buy a bottle for sure big spender nice sexy uh all right so we got 230 kickoff we are playing in arkansas no it's jerry world man jerry world Oh, nice. I spoke to a fellow uh, A&M grad earlier today to get his prediction, and he said the same thing that I think the whole 
country, I'd say whole country, but actually the only people that care about this game, A&M fans and Arkansas fans, if the quarterback plays decent for A&M and if they can slow down the Hogs run game, that's what it's going to be based on. I think he just has to put together a decent game if they can stop the running. If anybody's defense can do it, I think A&M's can. Uh, but I say Calzone, you say Calzada, doing all right. Four touchdowns, two interceptions on the year. What do you think? So I'm nervous, man. I'll be honest. I'm nervous. I have not been this nervous since McFadden was there. Like, it's it's been a minute. I... I'm worried not about our defense's ability to do it, but for I've been to the I've been to this shootout. I've been to this game when each team was throwing up 40 something points and the last person with the ball uh, won. But I feel like this Arkansas team is a lot better than people gave them credit for at the beginning of the year. And I think we're starting to see that. This was one that worries me. It's always one that worries me. Like, but for the last five years, I've been lulled to sleep. But now it's just kind of a resurgence of, ah, oh, shit, we got to play fucking Arkansas. Yeah, Jefferson's salty, man. He's pretty damn good, uh, and he's part of that rushing, you know, just it's all spread out over there. It's not – I know Smith is leading the team in, in yards, but it's spread all over the place over there in Arkansas, and they are going to run and run and run. Um, he's slaying it a couple – 63 times on the year. He has four touchdowns, two interceptions, but we know what they're showing up to do. Do you want a prediction on this one? Or are you going to go curb Herp Street? I've got to cover the game style. No, I'll predict it. Um, I'll take the I'll take the Aggies by ten. I think there's a certain level of. I'm like, what's the over under on this one? Do we know? The spread for this game is Arkansas plus four and a half. Over under forty seven. The Arkansas favored in Vegas right now. If that's what plus four and a half means, no, that means they're that means AM's favored. You don't oh, mean negative. The, ah, well, then that's what happened with it was the other opposite for the Notre Dame game. Okay. All right. So the over under is 40, what three? 4.5. No, the over under. Oh, over under is 47. I'll take the under. I'll take 43. I guess it's going to be. Portnoy, if you're listening to us, jump on here. Uh, let's do a gambling 101. And if you want to throw some sponsors our way, we mean, we'll, we'll, we'll be glad to have you, man. Uh, maybe we'll eat some pizza and we can rate some slices. Um, You know what I'm going to do here? Your boy, Calzada, who did he tear up last week? UNM. Mm. New Mexico. I know. You had to explain that. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Make him in like, okay, okay. I tore them up last week. Let's do this. I've got this. And then he's going to see the Arkansas <laughs> Razorbacks. I'm going to go Arkansas 14, buddy. Arkansas by 14. And I'm not. That would be it. a really ugly loss. Really ugly. I'm, is it really though? I mean, you're on your back. Well, we won't. Back. We won't get to talk about that. You get to talk about the Arkansas is a badass team. They beat Texas. You've got some things going in your direction that make it okay to lose this week. No, you can't. We can't lose this one. If we lose this one, then we're not even getting it. Like we're not getting a a New Year's Six Bowl at all. Oh, so now we're expecting to go back to back on that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I part of that pick is just the throw a jab at your nuts but i hope it's good i will be watching that one at the end 
of my Texas Tech Red Raiders. Yeah, the uh, Tech in Texas game. The Tech and we are the ugly sister that took over the rivalry, but not really because they still have Oklahoma game. Uh, yeah, so that one's going to be on. That's um, at noon, right? That's at 11. Ooh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's an early one. That's going to be... Ooh, that's what gonna is, be what is that, like, Keith's time? Like 7, seven o'clock? Oh, gosh. Keith, he's going to be fellow... Texas Tech alum, he's going to be cracking some brewskis at 7, just like he would be knocking on my door with shots of vodka at 7 for those 11 a.m. kickoffs. So he'll be rocking and rolling. And you know what? To pay his ass back for those years, I'll probably call him. Oh, should. Yeah, I'll call him at kickoff my time. That'll be about, what is that, 3 a.m. his time? We're still working on <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Texas is a favored 9, 9 points. Uh, spread is 60, over under 62. I sent you my favorite college game day moment of all time. And it was the Crabtree game, which will get brought up 65 times during the game this weekend. When Bobby Knight says, you know what? I have a lot of friends over there in Austin, but I sure hope we beat their ass this weekend. Damn it. Hell yeah. Texas Tech by seven. Let's go wreck them. And then Corsa almost blows off Herb Street's head or at least his eardrums. So, and I was right there, front row. I was up against the gate, college game day. We had partied our balls off the night before. I'm talking classic 20, what is it, 2008 partying. The music was bad. The rhythm was bad, but we partied. And it was Natty Light. It was Keystone. It was Beer Pong. It was Halloween. We rocked and rolled. And then we went and got got in line for college game day. And then we went and got in line for the game because the stadium was already wrapped around. The line was wrapped around the stadium. All hell broke loose because they were only letting so many students in. So no matter the line, there was a stampede that ran in. We got in. It was the craziest, you know, 48 hours of my life. But damn it, I did it. So love this game. It's a great game. I hope it's good on the field, and I hope Tech walks away with the W as our... Ooh, that's not good. As I say that, that's not a good sign. Brandon Cooks just took a shot in the back as he caught a long gain from David Mills. Contact, no contact. That was a late hit. He took a knee right in the kidney. A knee right to the spine. Uh, 17 to 6, fourth quarter. If the Texans can put some points up on this drive, we'll have a different ball game. That was just unnecessary. No. Yeah, it's hard to stop yourself as a defensive player going full speed. I got some love for my defensive guys, even though I was an offensive one. I got I got a question for you though. What are your dude. thoughts on the taunting? Dude, it was weird. Okay, so what were the dumb ones I saw? I saw a Texans player spin the ball towards the Brown sideline and get called. I saw a shitty stare down that got called, but then Lamar Jackson does a cartwheel into the end zone flings the ball up in the air 30 yards and nothing celebration which, which i don't i am not gonna stand like a fuddy-duddy and think that that was bad but i mean i mean what are you doing calling the other ones if you're just gonna let that one go i shouldn't be called dude these are these are professionals who whether they can control themselves or not like that's half the fun i mean what are you gonna stop fighting in hockey now no like this taunting's part of the game, and it's how but they it's get got, each other's head. It's, it's gotten a mind worse. Game. It's gotten worse year by year. Now we've hit rock bottom. Like we've hit like can't spin the ball towards the yeah. sideline. Well, they're like, making it a point this year. That's that's the thing. 
Yeah, because that rule was actually like what last year or the year before. I mean, taunting's always been in the game, but it would it's gotta be like really, really egregious. Now it's they're like so oh, you suck your tongue out at him. Yeah, you can't fucking flick off the other sideline now and say Dude, it's like fuck you yourself. That's too bad. You can't do horns down. I mean, come on, what the fuck is this? Oh god. That's a penalty in this conference that you'll no longer be a part of. So I think they're <laughs> flipping other things now towards the- I don't know if it'll be a penalty in the SEC. <laughs> no, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> exactly. Um I challenged you this week to pick an upset prediction. Do you got one for me? So the one I'd really like to see would be NC State over Clemson. That is a classic ACC matchup that typically does not get a whole lot of airtime, but Clemson has not been playing super great, and NC State is a consistently underrated ACC team. So I think if you got a shot this year. Nice. Good pick. I'm going to go Rutgers over Michigan. I'm sorry, what school? Rutgers. Rutgers. Michigan. Rutgers. Alma mater of the great James Gandolfini. Um, He goes to Rutgers. He's a good guy. Yeah, I know him. He's over there. Rutgers, the state university. Uh, Rutgers undefeated. Michigan, people have been saying this is a different Michigan, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if that's because they've won some shitty games or because Ohio State's down, so all of a sudden they might beat them and everything looks better. I, I, I don't know. But Rutgers has put on some, put up some points. Greg Schiano's back over there. I think it's got a little bit of like, let's put Michigan back in their place. Let's remind everyone that they didn't have a miracle over the offseason. I'm going to go with that as my upset of the week. I'm, I'm going to call that one. All right. So let's get into some Scorch, now that we're going down that, what is it, green over there? Yeah, going down that green road. What do you got on the nose of that dram, my friend? So with this log of oil being an eyelid, you're going to get like the classic PD, PD scotch. But there's something different about log of oil. Like I've had a lot of PD scotches. And when you compare this something to like uh, Lafroig, Lafroig is very... Use the term iodine. Some people might call it like, smells like band-aids. But I think we'll both agree here that with scotch, you really have to hunt for the smells if it's not a PD scotch. But this one, you get leather, smokiness. That's the PD coming through. A little bit of sweetness on the back end. I really can't identify it. But you do get the classic wood flavor smell. But this one being a Agent Guinness casks, I would say there's probably more sweetness to the nose than I'm typically used to. So, yeah, that's how I'd describe it. Overall, I love Lagavulin. This is not as good as the smell on the 16. I'd give this a B plus. Nice. Uh, did I give the age on this one? You did not. This, okay. Well, this one didn't have an age, but the the guy who recommended it to me, he's his quote was, "My experienced palate says that it's a six to eight. So I'll take his word for it. Because uh, this one does not have an age statement. It just says age to perfection. Uh, so getting my notes from the back of this bottle. It literally has aroma, rich multi-aroma, subtle notes of dried fruit and cinnamon sticks, 
spice and oaky character. I'm getting apricot, but I get that on a whole bunch of scotches because it has that. If it's not peaty and it's not overwhelmed with smoke, it has that fruity smell and it's like apricot every time for me. White raisins. Just a light, nice, mellow. Like this is taking me down memory lane because like we talked about, Scotts was my first love. And I grabbed the old Pulteney, but I said, you know what? I've got I've got to start fresh, fresh. And this is what he recommended. And you know how Total Wine has their weird mug shots on each bottle? Like this is so Jerry's pick for the, you know, that was one of these bottles. I said, hey, that bottle with your face on it, <laughs> you recommend it? It was all, yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's good. Well, it was actually really cool. He took me over to the tasting table at, at Total Wine. I, I gave him the spiel like that we were going back into Scotts. So he took me over. He let me take a sample. He was like, this is my daily, which is 40 bucks. And that was very good. Um, that was a space side. Uh, and then we got to talking. I was like, well, what about that one that your face is on over there? Sherry cast sounds interesting. $28 sounds even more interesting. And he goes, no, that one's that one's solid. He said it was a little bit lighter, which eh, a little bit, a little less smoky slash oaky slash PD. If you're talking about scotches. Uh, but yeah, on the nose on this one, apricot, white raisin. God, I, I feel like I want to do a whole other category for this. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know if the nose of Scott and, and, and bourbons, if I can do that. No, you're you're probably right. And I would say that I think the Isla scotches are more bourbony than your other scotches. So I really believe that your four other regions, we'll get into that later. They do typically, I like your white raisin call out. I usually say floral white raisin it's more grapes i don't say citrus but there's something it's almost more like wine like not necessarily the flavors but the the way that it smells i'll i'll go see so, and you know this is me going in the memory brink because i'm gonna have to compare it to scotch's that i've had before i'm gonna go i'm not being a copycat but i'm gonna go b plus on this one so far so good with the introduction back to scotch Drink a lot of scotch. And yeah, I think that if you can get a B plus out of a scotch nose, that's a pretty good ranking. I think it's pretty solid. Especially going from bourbon. Yep. Uh, third Ram NFL. Da -da -da -da. Whatever. All right. We got some headlines to get into. The first thing we've got to talk about is your fantasy running back. Say his name. Say it loud. Say it proud. DeAndre Swift. No, the other one? Oh, the, I'm sorry. The, Aaron the Jones? Had like a thousand points. Aaron Jones. Okay. Yeah. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones went off this week. I'm so glad I'm playing you this week and not last week. Uh, but then again, I had a guy by the Are name you? Derek Henry who had a couple more points. Uh, pretty cool story. He lost his father's ashes necklace in the end zone, and they have video of the the, I think it was the lead equipment manager looking around at almost two in the morning. If you lost something, I would probably give it a good 10 minute search and then call it a day. Talk about a badass equipment manager. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, you're telling me you wouldn't look for my father's ashes for more than 10 minutes. If you gave me a bunch of drinks and I was like, I'm going to get this done, I would probably I would probably give it a little bit more effort. But OK, all right. I'm a pretty quick like let's toss it up to a lost guy. But 
you know, I guess for that. But that that was a badass story. Uh, after the hell of a game he had, and then even in the interview, he was like, "Well, if my dad wanted me to lose his ashes, the end zone would be the place for it." So, it's you can't root against that guy. I love him so much. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's pretty didn't cool. He, didn't he go? To, didn't he go to UTEP? I don't know. I don't know that. All right, we'll get our producers to jump on that. Producers, can you go ahead and jump on that while we continue talking? Where did uh, where did uh, <laughs> see what happens when you try to type at the same time? Uh, Aaron Jones, go to school. Yeah, I just confirmed you tap. Okay, thank you, producer. As Carolina is getting closer to kick a field goal and put this game away, you know that's the thing. If the Texans can go two and what is it now, fifteen? But they're in every game. I'll be pretty damn happy. Um, Houston, Tennessee, Oilers scandal. These assholes. The Tennessee oh, Titans. Talk me through it. Okay, so the Tennessee Titans are doing a basically like a powder blue week. And like, we're the Oilers. We were the Oilers. Blah, blah, blah. Let's wear the Oilers uniforms. They're putting old Bum Phillips on their ring of honor, for God's sakes who never coached today in Nashville, or if he did, it wasn't for the Houston Oilers, damn it. It was in the Astrodome. And then yeah. there's some fighting words going around that they should wear the Oilers uniforms when they play the Texans. Like, no. I mean, technically, they are the same your face. continuous franchise. Your face. They do have the rights nope. to the Oilers jerseys, nope. right? Nope. Who has they the rights do, to the Oilers I jerseys? I don't care. I don't care. I don't you, feel care. Like it's a, it's, you feel like it's a slap in the face. That's exactly what it is. It is a slap in the face. But you decided to leave town just because we wouldn't build you a new stadium. Boo-hoo. In all honesty, yeah, the Cleveland Browns said, no, y'all can go to Baltimore. Y'all ain't keeping shit of our name. The city of Cleveland owns that. That was a pretty ballsy, like, big dick move. Houston should have done that with the Oilers. Uh, you mean Nick Foles move? Yeah. Oh, yeah, big dick Nick. Um, but, yeah. Houston's the Oilers. You can say it all you want. You can do all the marketing you want. You can do this and that. Oilers belong to Houston. I mean, technically, they literally uprooted their entire team at that point in time and moved to Nashville. Well, technically, shut up. All right. Moving on. Moving on. But still, the Houston Oilers, oh, one of the best uniforms of all time. I agree. I Uh, I would love to see that. So Brady and Belichick, Brady's trainer came out today and said that one of the issues and one of the reasons that kind of gave Brady a nudge out of town was that Belichick never treated him different. He treated him like a 20-year-old even when he was 40. Let's talk about that a little bit because my wife does that to me, but that's not a problem. But I guess when you're Tom Brady and you have – Seven Super Bowls, six when you left. It's an issue. Is it Belichick being Belichick? Is it, damn it, I'm the GOAT. You best put some respect in my name. Like, what is that about? There it is. I don't get no respect. That's what it is. That's what it is. Brady earned it, man. I mean, I'm not saying you need to baby him, but, I mean, respect the fact that he's just as successful as you, right? But don't you have the argument like Belichick's Belichick because he's been Belichick? I haven't seen Belichick be Belichick since Brady left, so. Oh, I guess. I'm wrong. Am I wrong? I mean. No. As I was about to say, here we go. I guess you're correct. But And was he Belichick before Brady? 
Yeah. How? When he told the Jets to F off at a press conference after being their coach for 24 <laughs> hours. But, uh, I don't know, man. I guess that if there's res- – it's hard when the players around Brady are treating him like Brady. But then again, when they see Belichick treating him the way Belichick has always treated him, doesn't that go back to like, oh, shit, we better not mess with Belichick. We better listen. Yeah, but I mean, what what did Bruce Arians let him be Brady? Let Brady be Brady. And he's reaping the rewards of success now. I think it's just Belichick's an ego, egotistical maniac. Which makes him Belichick. Yeah, no, I thought we were talking about Belichick being successful prior to Brady and after Brady, because that's what I was referring to. Okay. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and uh, I guess he could have lightened up a little bit what it comes down to. He probably could have lightened up a little bit and he'd still have Tom Brady. Exactly. Okay, we'll agree to agree on that one. All right. So other headlines this week in the NFL. Our boy Tua just can't catch a break. He's got some injured ribs. He's out. Well, he might have caught a break. We don't know yet. How so? His ribs. Uh, <laughs> um, is Tua going to be hurt like the rest of his life? I mean, I think all quarterbacks are hurt the rest of their life. I think you're asking, is he going to be that guy that's chronically injured? Yes, injury prone. I don't know, man. It's too is it too early to tell? Because I thought I forgot about his college career. Possibly. Possibly. But it's just like, is he gonna be able to fight through it and come back? Um I think it puts a damper on my Dolphins being the surprise team prediction this year. They got smoked by who was they beat Patriots week one and then they got smoked by somebody last week. Yeah, they might be able to, you know, call Fitzpatrick. Oh, never, never mind. Oh, um, too soon. And then that, I, I feel like the teams that get rid of Fitzpatrick the next year, they're always going, don't. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a fair call. Like, I mean, they could call Cam. Time. They could call Cam now. They could I mean, call Cam, but Cam. Cam. How does he not have a job yet? But I don't know, but he may have one soon. Um, yeah, they got smoked by the Bills, thirty-five to zero. Uh oh, geez, Houston's looking pretty crappy right now. Twenty-four to nine, three fifty left, and somebody just threw the ball up in the air like they didn't give a shit. Um, Let's call Cam, call Cam. Oh, and two teams that still have a chance. We have them. Oh, and two teams that still have a chance. I'll quickly list them off. You tell me who has the best chance to turn around. We have the Jets, the Jags, the Colts, the Giants, the Lions, the Vikings, the Falcons. I can already tell you who I'm thinking. What do you think? I think the Giants and the Lions have the best chance to turn it around. Okay, when you said Giants, I was like, what the? So when you said Lions, you're obviously joking. No, I was being serious. No, really, I'm giving you one more chance. Like, that was that was a fun, <laughs> good joke. But no, no, what are you, what are you really thinking? So I can walk through why I don't think that about everybody else. But when I look at the Giants, they don't have the worst quarterback in the league. They don't have the worst I'm offense. Joking. It's funny. It's not funny anymore. Okay. You just okay. said Daniel okay. Jones. Captain, Captain, Captain Smartass. 
Daniel Jones is a number four ranked fantasy football quarterback in the league. Okay. So put some respect on his name right now. Hey, is this the longest running joke we've ever had on the podcast? Just you know what? You tell me what you fuck you think is gonna turn around. Uh yeah, it's pretty obvious on this one. I hate to say it because they're in the same division, but I mean the Colts lost 28 to 16 to a pretty good Seattle team, and then they lost to the Rams 27-24. I think they have the best chance with that division to turn it around and get something done this year, depending on Carson Wentz's uh up doctor operation body that you can totally pick from. And I know you're gonna be like, well, exactly. You said Carson Wentz. Well, I'm just giving you my hypothetical while your stupid joke was not good. Okay. All right. Who did you pick to the surprise team again? I'm sorry. The Dolphins. Why? Okay, cool. Um okay. So you're gonna you're gonna put money on this turnaround to turn it around from 0 and 2 on glass ass wins. That's what you're doing here. There's a chance. I'm I just picked, looking at the oh, I, I picked two teams that actually have a chance in their division. Sorry, the Texans just didn't make it on fourth down, and that's probably the ball game. Uh, no, it's the most Texans thing ever. The Lions, they have a chance in the division. Yeah. Mm, Justin Fields has to be a complete bust this year. Justin Fields is starting his first game. And Aaron Rodgers has to be Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. They can still make the playoffs. Playoffs? I said Aaron Rodgers wasn't – I said there was going to be drama and they weren't going to be that good, but I didn't say they were going to be Lions bad. No, 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 no. I'm saying that the Lions still can make the playoffs. There's a chance. I'm not saying they're going to, but if I had to pick one playoff team out of all of this, probably the Giants, and I hate to say it. Because the Cowboys are going to fucking implode. Eagles are not good. I mean, it's I still, it, I still the skins are the skins, dude. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. The football team is a football team. My bad. Anyway, all right. So that was a surprise to me, but that was the shocker of the night. Will you be able to go eight, seven, and 10 and still make the playoffs if you win your division? Eight, seven, and ten? I don't think no, they No, seven play. and ten. Because we've seen teams do it eight and nine. No, it would be eight and nine. So it'd right? be yes. It we've seen eight teams, and nine. We've never seen a team go eight and nine because there's only been sixteen games. That's what I'm saying, but we've seen people seven go nine, and nine. Seven and nine. Yeah. Yes. I swear oh, we know you, what we're talking about people. Could you do seven and ten and still that'd be interesting? Uh, one three more games th- under 500 and still make the playoffs. That'd be hilarious. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's fine. I'm glad that joke's still going on. Um, are the Oakland Raiders back? Well, Chucky's back, so it's possible. Last time they were good is when Chucky was there. Well, Chucky's been back for a minute. I think David Carr's just kind of put everything. See, you're already making the face. David you Carr's said car. dude. You said Carr. David Carr is a dude. Talk about, talk about trauma. 2002. Which car? Oh, he's not Derek. All right. Um, I don't know, man. It's hard to root. The Raiders are so cool with their uniforms. Oh, I find it easy to root for them. And then it's like the Las Vegas and Derek. I'm such a perfect human being with great characteristics. Car. I mean, it's just it's just hard to root against them. 
Yeah, I I agree with you. The thing about the Raiders is they're easy to hate, hard to love. Like they're cool, don't get me wrong, but the fans themselves and like the Oakland Raiders, like no, oh, you don't talk shit to a Raiders fan. That's what I'm saying. Like they're they're no. they're not a warm and fuzzy group. No, um, you'll, uh, so that's a good thing. Uh, you can talk much to a Cowboys fan because it's going to be 50 50 on half or, you know, possibly kick your ass. Half it, probably can. Uh, I, would, I would say half of that half would maybe a third. Uh, I think I've, I've met a couple. I've actually met a couple 49ers fans who kind of scare me just a little bit. But no. You don't. I don't even think you talk to the to the women Raiders fans. They they scare me. You just don't talk to Raiders fans. Just play it safe. Mm-hmm. I would if I would go dressed in a Raiders like gear if I if I would do a game. Just like don't talk to tech fans and just call it safe. Tech fans will talk to you. You just got to drink with them. I mean, the second you're like, let's drink. We're best friends. I don't care what color you're wearing. Uh, so let me tell you this: Miami Chargers. Bears, Broncos, Eagles, Giants. Those are the next six opponents for the Raiders. Yeah, I think how I think what uh, almost all of those are are on our list of own two. Uh, yeah, you're on. A, you had a good point there. Uh, they have a big one with the Chiefs in November. Very possible. I think it's hard Chiefs to win every NFL. I think they can get to that point against the Chiefs with two losses. Possibly, yeah. I do think that if Jacobs starts playing better and Waller just keeps being Waller, they've got a chance, solid chance. Did Jacobs get hurt? Was it? Did or am I thinking of somebody else? Was it a minor injury? Did he get back in the game? Maybe I'm something. Somebody completely different. This is the problem with me having red zone this year. I'm all over the place. Yeah, same here. I watch all the scoring drafts. That's about it. How much do you love the witching hour, though? What? The witching hour. Oh, what is that? It's on every, so at the end of every, like the last hour of every, like, game. So from two, like two to three, and from four to, or five to six, that's when Red Zone calls it, it's the witching hour. It's when games are decided and teams lose and teams win. It's, it's the whole thing, shtick, witching hour. Well, I probably missed it because I will. Uh, the Texans game stays on TV. I don't watch Red Zone when the Texans are on. Oh, um, that sucks. Yeah, I know, but uh, it's okay. I'll keep an eye out for that one. All right, let's get into the palette of this scorch. All right, so looking at the notes, because remember, I'm a, I'll call myself a scotch newbie. All right, it's been a long time since I used to pour myself a daily glass of Johnny Walker Black. We have rich and spicy with layers of sweet oak, raisins, apricots, oh, and fresh oak. Addition of a little water releases the characteristic flavors of the sherry cask. All right, I'm going to add some water right now. I am getting the apricot, like I said I did on the nose. I am getting barrel, not necessarily bourbon barrel, but definitely some kind of vanilla and barrel going on there. Not too much smoke on this one. A little bit of char. A little bit of peat. Um, let's put a glass of water in this and see what's going on. I got a feeling this is going to just kill it because it's already pretty light. Oh. Oh. 
that gave it a jam taste very interesting very interesting a little bit more oily on the tongue with a little bit of water that's not bad a uh, little bit of apricot jam but once again i'm trying to have to go against my bourbon ratings and now these new scotch ratings i'm gonna go i'm gonna start it off with a good old b plus in the scotch category and you know in a couple of weeks that may be a b or b minus but for now i'm gonna go solid b plus nothing wrong with the b plus so for me i i'd add a, a little drop of water into this pour this is where Lagavulin sets itself apart from other scotches. This is where you really get the smokiness. But like I said, the 11's not as aged as a 16, obviously. This being in Guinness casks. I do. This being aged in Guinness casks, I think really does set it aside. I've had the regular 11, I've had the 8, I've had the 16. From whatever I can remember, this is sweeter. There's more of like a honey. There's more of a, I want to say like bitter cherries, if that makes sense. I don't know if that. Uh, like like a pickled cherry? Like not a, a pickled cherry. Or... There's no vinegar. It's just bitter. Like you bite into it. It's, you know what it is? Like when you bite ah, into a okay, grape, you know. Saying. So it's like similar when you bite into like a, a grape that's not sweet. Like it's kind of bitter. It's been sitting there a little bit. Um, very similar to that. And but there's a lot of honey. There's a lot of honey. There's obviously the smokiness. There's a little bit of barrel there, but I think the Guinness casks actually give it a different flavor profile. Not terribly different, but good, good. I uh, I think in my book, and this is just me being me, I would put a bottle log of oil. eleven. Sure, the sixteen though against any bourbon i've drank you shut your face it's you it's a diff it's you, different you don't give up on bourbon like i'm not giving up on first bourbon. week you not giving up on bourbon bitch. but i put it up against because it's strong in flavor it's proofier right i mean this is a 92 proof whiskey i mean that's not 80 proof right it's it gets up there in proofiness it's got the 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 nose it's got the flavor profile and it's different. It's different. It's different. It's different. And that's what puts it on the same playing field because bourbon flavors are bourbon flavors. But when you really want to get like, how do you maximize your flavor and get on that sick next level playing field? It's going to take something different to get you there. It's going to take $81 for you. Apparently that's, that's the big difference between our bottles tonight is the age and the yeah. price, which technically they usually go hand in hand. So did I give this a grade? No. Yeah, the taste on this is like a freaking A. Freaking A, Cotton. Good job. I like it. I'm so glad we're going down this road. And I'm so glad we're going down this road so much. We've done this before. Where we had a Scotch episode in one of our very first ones. We talked about it a little bit. Scotch, even, Scotch, Scotch. I, I love don't Scotch. even know if we tasted Scotch that night. I think we just wanted to kind of talk about the differences. But like a fine wine, I think that our taste our podcast in general i think everything's gotten a little better so why not hit it again since like i said the goal of this which we are officially calling season two uh last season was the texas road which uh dick will be actually 
taking part in this weekend, actually going to Garrison Brothers. But the goal of this season is going to be some scotchy scotch. We'll throw in our bourbons in a couple episodes, but we wanted to hit you with the basics and what do we think? So the basics right off the bat, before Dick dicks things up with his technicalities, there's several regions there's different types. It's very similar to the rules of bourbon and whiskey where it gets tricky when it gets way different is when we start talking about the regions and of course what it's made out of and things like that. So without further ado, I believe there's time with Dick. Dick, could you <laughs> give us our scotch? Yeah. So the first thing about scotch is it's got to be made in Scotland. Imagine that. I've had an argument with somebody about that before. That they didn't agree with that? or you I can't didn't... remember who it was. Do you remember which side of the argument you were on? Yes. The right side. And right. I think, who was it? And if they hear me and they're one of the 10 listeners we have, I hope they text me. But I think it was one of those, like, well, the water can come from other places. And I was like, let's keep it simple here. It's got to be made in Scotland. It's got to be made. It's got to be distilled in Scotland. Okay. So it's made from malted barley. It's got to be a minimum of three years old and have an ABV less of 98.4%. So, I mean, that's a very, very common rule. Basically, it can't be straight whiskey. It cannot be straight liquor. Um, It can't be moonshine or Everclear. So those are things that would compete against that. Um, Beyond that, though, the two other ones are, are blended versus single malt. This is where I think scotch gets a little different, right? Because if you go talk to a scotch guy, what was the first thing? Bro, all day, every day. Exactly. That is like I say that because that's how I started. I literally was like, I want to be cool and I want to just do single malt. It's just like getting the bourbons and you're like, oh, Blanton's is the best bourbon. It's a very similar statement. Dude, bullshit. It's it's totally the same. Totally the same. Um that's like the the quintessential I'm a, a scotch bro. When you think about it, right? So like, yeah, Johnny sing- Walker sucks. <laughs> single malt is really meant to like showcase the best that that distillery has, right? The best that you're going to get from that spot. And it doesn't mean it's single barrel, it doesn't mean it's small batch, but it's that distillery's best production of what they can. But I think what like Kurt and I have seen Let's just talk about like Texas whiskey and bourbons. The difference between the two can be grand, right? There, there's different way they 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 um, do the malts, they distill them, the locations, the weather, all that fun stuff go into it. And that's what I think when you see with blendeds. And if you really get into it and mature, it doesn't mean it's bad, but blended gives you more options and more difference. And some of the most, some of the best whiskeys I've had are not the best whiskeys because they taste quintessentially scotch, quintessentially Canadian, quintessentially Japanese, et cetera, and bourbon. It's because they're different and they invoke a different emotion. They invoke a different, oh, okay, let me get into that. I mean, the Texas funk, when you first get into it, it's different. Some people don't like to call it bourbon. Some like to call it a Texas single malt. It is what it is, but that's what I think like blended gives you the option for. And I love the fact that like, Scotch itself embraces that. I get my soapbox now. 
What do you no, think? No, that's about good it? stuff. That's that's a perfect like if I was wasted at a bar and I was like, hey man, tell me about Scotch. I, I definitely think uh and it gets so crazy. Like like I said, I almost got Pultney, old Pultney, mm-hmm. which is like it's it's I think they put like what the marine time or the maritime whiskey because it's its thing is about like it's on the it's on the by the water, it's hit with the sea salt, you know, the distillers just hit with it over and over, and you can taste that in its uh uh in the scotch itself. It, it gets so tricky. And the thing about that I love about bourbon is the history and the, the stories of the distillery. Scotch takes that to a whole other it totally life. does. You're talking like the brave heart of stories in in every Scotch distillery, and there's only so many. Um, and if you get into it for those reasons, Scotch is definitely there for you. There's stories. There's the generations. There's the beginnings. There's you know all this stuff, and 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 that's definitely one of the intriguing parts about Scotch. Yeah, I and I know we talked about this in our last one, but to that point. There's a pretty cool little documentary on uh, Netflix, and I think it's called Scotch or something, but it talks about Brooklotic, and that is one of like the oldest distillers and actually went defunct for a while, um, and this guy bought it and is bringing it back, and it's it's a pretty high-end whiskey. I have some. I think I have some still. Um, definitely dif- different, but um, it's, it's their traditional Scotch distillery, Scotch way of doing things. So, um, yeah, there's some great, great Scotches out there. Octomore is a big one. People love Octomore yeah um let's talk about then, the five regions yes so five regions are big that's that's huge you're going to pick up the box and i think even like total wine has it separated by region mm-hmm. uh you know bourbon's going to be your texas bourbon it's going to be your american whiskey and it's gonna be like kentucky with a whole section on itself the five regions are campbelltown highland isla no, you say Isla, I say Isla. Okay. I say Isla, but it could be we're going to be agreeing to disagree, but we're also on our like fifth drama. Uh, Lowland and Speyside. So basically you have Scotch. You're going to have the regions of Scotch all over Scotland. Some are closer to the water. Some are not as close to the water. Um, some are going to be more peaty, which is basically. So we are known here for the burnt oak and some like our cousin Eddie said earlier, the charcoal. Scotland's going to get its notes from peat. Yep. Which Specifically, Islay peat is what makes it so smoky. Which is essentially moss. Like moss, right? It is. Moss it's, and dirt. It's, and it's moss <laughs> they literally dig out of the ground in squares, and then they burn it, and they burn it across the whiskey. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's amazing. So one of the first things I thought when I was first, because, okay, I've, I've like, you burn before. grass. Well, no, when I first got into I thought I did that in high school, I was listening to Ralphie on YouTube. If you YouTube Ralphie, the whiskey guy or Ralphie Scotch guy, I haven't heard him in years. He's the first guy I got in, like, listened to and things like that. And one of my first, like, questions was, how much damn peat do they have on this island that they just and they had it's like made up of it. So they have plenty. Um, and to give you just kind of a perspective of the differences, you know, Dick has a more peaty scotch because his is going to be from Isla, or as he says. I said Isla. Okay, and I will get on to Ralphie's YouTube tonight and see who's correct and, you know. Uh, it's probably not me. 
It could be. Who knows? And mine is a this green stone. Sherry finish is a highland. And we're not going to get into the specifics on what part of Scotland that is. Pull up the mat. Do some digging for your own. But just know that when you go, if you're like, hey, I want to try scotch. And you see those categories over uh, the bottles at your specs or at your, I don't think specs gets that specific. But total wine. That's the difference. That's what specs are at. All right. So my, my question to you is, do you ever find yourself leaning toward maybe one or two specific regions over the others? I, I can't really, I can't answer that fairly just because, like I said, I literally told the guy I'm hitting this like it's I'm a newbie. Uh, if I could give you some type of answer for that, when I did drink scotch, there was Old Pulteney and there was Dalmore. Dalmore was what I finished scotch with. Like, that's the one that I was buying. I was taking, I remember sneaking it into a wedding uh, because it was like, no, uh, it was one of those where you could take wine and beer, but you couldn't take. I snuck one of those in. I loved it. It had the cool bottle with the deer on it. And that was a space side. Uh, Old Pulteney's a Highland. So I, I really couldn't answer that. That's about the best answer I can give you is things that I, I tried more than once. And I'm, I, I'm hoping to have that figured out by the end of this season. I like that answer, though, because I think about, you know, when you walk into like a college class, like let's say a college algebra class and your teacher gives you that, that test. And you take it and you're like, don't worry about passing this. We're just really trying to get at where you're at, like a baseline. That's the baseline question, right? You've, you've done some algebra before. You've had some whiskeys. You have some scotch. Base, like baseline. For me, I obviously go to Islay. Like that is something that I've been on. I've never dropped off of. But if I remember correctly, I really believe I was more of like a space side guy. And that's kind of where there was more floral notes and it was lighter and it was easier to get into. Um that's I think the Highlands kind of like a bridge between the two, if I remember correctly. But yeah, like you said, we'll educate ourselves more. Um, yeah, I, on our taste palettes. I'd love to reach out like a to a professor of scotch and to, to give us some form. If you're if you're listening and you're a scotch person, shoot us which one you prefer and why, and we'll talk about it because we're learning and teaching at the same time. The next question I want to get into is just off this bottle right here, right? So it's a thirty dollar thirty dollar bottle. And you're at 80, 80, 80 proof, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm at 92 proof at an $81 bottle. These are always going to be more expensive because they have to be made in Scotland and obviously shipped over. And there's some taxation that goes to it, obviously. What are your thought, initial thoughts? Initial thoughts. And we'll get into like the rest of what you think. But initial thoughts on like, is this bottle worth it? So that's a huge dif- huge difference between me and you because I have a $28 bottle. You have an $81 bottle. Mm-hmm. And I-, I talked about my hesitancy because of most scotches are going to be at 80. It's too early to tell what I think. But initial, like I'm glad we're doing this. Like I- the tastes are back. The memories are back. I f- oh, And this is going to upset people. But it's the same thing with bourbon. $28. If I throw some ice in this, I'm not going to be upset. $28. If this was to be bad, which is it's not, I find myself drinking quite a bit of it tonight. It wasn't going to hurt my feelings at $28. Um, and you're going to find expensive bottles like somebody's going to have. I've, I've seen it before where I purposely gave somebody a bottle of Laphroaig and they wanted to punch me in the throat and we raided him. And they were like, this is a zero straight up all day, every day. 
I'm I'm loving the bottle I got today. I like it. It's good. It's a good start. Um, I do want to get to the point. The goal is to to drink everyday drinkers for the common man that can walk in and buy a decent scotch for a good price. But I'm gonna have to try whether that's going to get a bottle or whether that's going to a bar and trying an expensive ass scotch. And I'm not gonna do Macallan 18. I'm, you know, I'm gonna pick something that's up there in prices. And I'm going to have to do what I do with bourbon and be like, is this worth this expensive ass price? Is it way better than this $28 bottle that I think is a great starting point to base everything else off of? So that's my answer to that. I think that's a fair answer for me. When I first started drinking whiskey, I was drinking like, 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 well, like you're, you have a perfect example. You just bought a $160 bottle today. I did bourbon and you bought an $81 bottle of scotch, you know, feedback on that. So initial feedback in the Sinatra, it's the second time I've had it. The first time I had it was at a bar, but they served it in like, yeah, like a mini mason jar situation. Did not get the nose on it. And frankly, I think it had been sitting there a while. Um, And when you let bourbon or whiskey sit with a lot of air in the bottle over time, it tends to lose flavor. And we know that that's okay. I would say, would I pay 150 again or 160 for that? Yeah, I would. I, I think it's that good. And it may just be like the initial buying. You're like, oh, you know, it's so cool and sexy. Maybe. But when I look at like, is that Jack Daniels that good? Yes. Now, I really want to get my hands on a bottle of the Jack 10 to do a comparison. Can I ask you two questions before sure. we get back into your thoughts of Scotch? One, you are planning to review that on one of the episodes, correct? Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. And two... Is that going to be like a bottle that you think will be finished within the next couple? Or is that going to be like a Christmas? It's sitting on in law birthdays, you know, type of deal. Yeah, it's it's not a Christmas. It's not a special occasion. If that's what you're getting at. Um, it is sitting on the shelf. Like out, like on the not the not the bar, but it's sitting on the shelf, just like I had that. Um about going to be drinking it when I go hang out with you. Yeah, of course. When people come over, I always bring out the good stuff because I want to like show them different whiskeys, right? That's the fun of it, is like, getting people to react to it. But I'm not taking it to a whiskey club meeting. I'm not taking it on a camping trip. I'm not taking it to somewhere I think people are just gonna pass it around like a bottle of crown. I want to enjoy it one-to-one, three-to-one, whatever it may be, that relationship. But, yeah, with, with good buddies. like I could see as long as it lasts, this is as long as it lasts. Yeah, but if good, me, okay. but me, but me, you and Keith, if we sat there and killed that bottle, dude, that'd be worth it right there. So Such a good fucking friend. Um, um, but right. we went off to that rabbit. Back to, back to our final thoughts on in. how we're starting on Scotch. I know. I, I love it. I love the fact that we're going through this. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, what I was getting at is I started drinking like cheap, cheap scotch, cheap scotch. And I think I still have a bottle of it sitting in my, sitting in the back of my cabinet. So I may have to dig into it. Um, but I don't know, like I've, I've had a lot of cheap scotch. I've had a lot of mid grade scotch and I've had a lot of log of one, which is my high end scotch. I tend not to pay super high end prices for high, like space side and Highland, et cetera. I've, rarely had a bad scotch but i will say this to my to my maybe to my defense to not i also bought a bottle of benchmark eight today okay and it wasn't bad 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I like where we're starting. Didn't really answer your question. Bourbon, but. bourbon was cool. Like you drink bourbon and you're cool. But God dang, if you were younger and you were college or even right after college and you had scotch, scotch is still the cool man, like cool man drink. You know, you tell people you're drinking scotch. It, it has a thing to it. It totally does. I think that there always will be a diehard scotch drinker group that won't ever convert over. And I think there's a huge bourbon fanboy situation happening right now. It's going to die off. Everything comes and goes in waves. And I think, in my opinion, we're starting to see the tail end of that. Um, not tail end, but I think it's starting to like, I think it's peaked is what I'm getting at. I'm sorry, you talking about the housing market or are you talking about bourbon? Oh, the housing market hasn't peaked. I think bourbon, I think bourbon interest has. We're going to go to different. I I hope it doesn't stop so much to where we've still got some conventions to get to and everything, but. Oh, for sure. But yeah, anyway, I think I think we've started off on the right note with the scotch. Um, So, yeah, the goal is to get you if you're not a scotch drinker, you can go grab one of these. You can go big and get what Dick is drinking for eighty one dollars. You can go small and get the total wine and get what I'm drinking for twenty eight. And then, you know, you can share your thoughts and drink with your buddy and see what you think whether you're comparing it to that expensive s bourbon or you're comparing it to your daily drinker like jack daniels um but i think it's about that time that we get over that goal line what do you think dick let's do it brother all right so now that it's football season again we did what we do best we talked football college football pro football we dove into uh, some more scotch topics as we'll continue to do that during season two we had cousin eddie here for a little bit then he had to jet on us but we're excited to have him here we're excited to see what else he does on the social media platforms and as i'm saying that dick please lay the social media platforms on us one more time ask us your questions we want your feedback we want to interact let's make it happen dick for sure. Like I said at the top of the episode, you can find us on all of your basic social media sites. Uh, we got uh, Fourth Ram for it's 4THDRAM at Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, Fourth Ram and Goal. And then our website is our, probably our best way to kind of find everything. That's fourthramandgoal.com. And then, like Kurt said, just shoot us an email, man. We'll, we'll react, react to you. We'll respond. Uh, goal at gmail.com. We're here for you. We want to talk to you. We want to know about you. Um, make sure to tell your friends about us. Make sure to listen, follow, like, and subscribe on all of our favorite podcast streaming apps, Apple, Audible, CastBox, Podcast Edits, etc. The one plug I'm going to do here that's out of the ordinary and throw in YouTube there. All of our episodes are now up on YouTube. You can stream those directly to your phone, throw them up at work while you're working, throw, throw YouTube up, listen to us. Um, make sure to follow, like, and subscribe us. It's a fourth dram and goal for THDRAM and GOAL. All right. And with that, Kurt, I think we'll kick it back to you for the quote of the episode. Thank you, Dick. Good stuff. Uh, like it's usually athletes I like to do, but hey, Norm McDonald was a good comedian. So I could throw out a great quote from him that I think we're going to try to make you laugh. Whether you like us or not, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. I think Norm would be proud because he had this quote. He goes, comedy is surprises so if you're intending to make somebody laugh and they don't laugh that's funny well damn it norm i agree with you completely thanks for listening thanks for drinking thanks for watching uh to the next snap and to the next dram drink on drammers